Welcome to Watching Watchmen, a Lost Boys podcast with me, Jack, and me, Jacob. Hello, welcome to Watching Watchmen, episode two. I'm Jacob Stowworthy. And I'm Jack Shepherd. And we're going to be dissecting the episode you just watched of HBO's brand new Watchmen series, which I think was another bloody cracker. Another bloody cracking episode, he says. I mean, I know you might disagree with me, but I... Well, no, I don't prefer this episode. I think it's... It's building, and it's making me safe in the knowledge that Damon Lindelof has delivered another masterpiece. <laughs> another cracker. How good, mate. Masterpieces once in a lifetime is enough, but twice, thrice. Three times a lady. <laughs> uh, this episode is called Martial Feats of Comanche Horseship. No idea. <laughs> so, no idea what it means. So uh, I had to Google it. But <laughs> no way. Thanks, thank, thank God for Google. Um, you actually see this thing in the episode. When I say thing, martial feats of Comanche horseship is something that you you see with your own eyes in this episode. Do you have any ideas? Ozymandias is on a horse. Okay. Cold. No, no, actually not cold. Not cold. But okay, we'll come to it. We'll come to it. Great. Uh, you know, last week you were talking about how you were kind of thrown by the fact that Watchmen, a TV show that's meant to be about superheroes uh, or masked vigilantes, as we call them, uh, or masked adventurers. You know, you were thrown off by the fact that it started in uh, in 1921 depicting a, a racial massacre. Yes. A massacre. Well, were you thrown this week as well when it started in, in Germany? Wartime Germany? Less thrown because I knew <laughs> to expect something weird. Fair enough. You got it. And and we got it. We got it straight out the bag. So we start with um, a, a girl who is the, the typist, aren't they, in Germany? Yes. And her name is Fraulein Müller, which is a name that kind of comes into play later on. It does. And it might be going ding, 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 ding in Watchmen fans' heads. Müller, Müller, Müller. Müller, Müller, Müller. We'll delve into that, but it does start with this typist. And we see she starts typing a letter, and then we see the letter kind of go through its... Uh, it's passage of time and eventually it lands in the hands of Will Reeves who ends up in a wheelchair underneath Chief Judd Crawford hanging from a tree in Tulsa in 2019. Huge. I mean, it's just, it's just, do you know what I love about it? It's just like Russian doll style of storytelling that Damon does so well. It actually reminds me a bit of the season two opening of Lost in, you know, when you're thrown into, we, okay, disclaimer, we will talk about Lost in this podcast. Of course we're going to talk about Lost why in this podcast. Why will we talk about Lost in this podcast? Because we're the Lost Boys. <laughs> That's why. And, and who are the Lost Boys? The Lost Boys are two boys called Jack and Jacob, aka me and you, talk about the show Lost. And why do we talk about and the I've show Lost? I've never watched it. You've watched it eight times. Correct. Lost Boys. <laughs> it's, 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 it's true. We are the Lost Boys. And now we're lost in a world of Watchmen. Very true. Watching Watchmen, a Lost Boys podcast. Hey. No, you know how... Okay, I, I won't... For those who haven't seen Lost, I don't want to spoil it. But Damon Lindelof does like through this thing where you're kind of... He presents something and then the next episode you're thrown into a complete deep end with something that you're not sure what it is. And then, bam, he like smashes you with like the familiarity of what you saw the the week before. Do you know what I'm getting at with the season two premiere of Lost? Of Lost. Yeah. 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 He so, does the same with the season two premiere of Leftovers. Also has Regina King in it. I mean, it's true. There's a lot of, lot of links here. <laughs> That's a slower burn. This is more like a straight at the end. In five minutes in, we see, we're back to where we were last week. Yeah. Which was this very curious incident of the chief of police hanging from a tree. 
which we had theories about. Some theories that came true. Man, this episode does a lot, doesn't it? Ah, uh, this lot. episode does a lot. Will Reeves, we learned his name is Will. We kind of said that last week because it was in the promotional materials, but now we get it name-checked. Confirmation. Confirmation. Angela Aber, who's played by our, the lovely Regina King. Who you spoke to. Who you had the interview with. Earlier this week. Earlier this week. And you got more coming in the next few weeks, just want to say. You've spoken to her about this episode as well. I've spoken to her about this episode. Well. Next week's we have been very spoilt. So what did you talk about? Just a just a little teaser. Well, about this episode? Yeah. Um, we spoke about uh, what the big reveal means for Angela going forward. The big uh, Chief Judd Crawford reveal. Damn. And we spoke about what the hell that ending means, which we'll get to in a minute, actually. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah. God, the ending. The spaceship. I know. So Angela, she... What I love about Regina King is I do think... Just two episodes in, I'm thinking no one else could have played this role. Yeah, she's great. She's Insane. so good. Insane. Like, so good. She just does all... She gives all the emotion that she needs to. The scene where she brings Will to her bakery. Yes. And then she puts the coffee on. And she goes into the... Into her room where her sister night costume is and everything. And... From the by, you know, from the time the coffee starts boiling to, to when it's ready, she's like let out all the emotion that she needs to let out, and it's very good. She's got to get up on. She's got to get up on. Her she get up. Like a lot of in in the comics, a lot of the Watchmen heroes were kind of based on popular superheroes. Yeah. Right? So you, I imagine Damon kind of had that going through his head with her because she in this episode she does a lot of she's a detective, right? Yeah. And secret detective. And she's got this layer. She's basically Bruce Wayne. Mm. She's Batman. She must be based on Batman because it is. Do you reckon? Yeah, I, I would say she's. He's the hero that she has most in common with. At least it seems. Yeah. Even last week, I think I mentioned like it looks like the Bat layer or her version of it. Like she's she's Batman. It's a little layer, to be fair. It's a layer. Yeah. It's very. I mean, I was reading that she she was originally she's going to wear like a proper costume. Uh, over her head like a mask but it, it, it she couldn't see around it a bit like Batman <laughs> so they just decided to do the face makeup uh, I, think I think the face makeup looks what? badass yeah, so badass so when she comes out she kind of interrogates Will she she handcuffs him uh, which later proves to be just completely pointless because <laughs> he gets out <laughs> of them handcuffs he says a few things one which I find hilarious is he says to her if I told you all this at once your head would explode uh, which I think is basically a mantra for pretty much all of Damon Lindelof's work. <laughs> yeah. I love that line. Meta commentary. It's like it's like a meta apology, isn't it? Yeah. From the bloody um, self-doubting genius. What do you think of this scene? I think it's really well done. It's also, it's funny because he keeps saying like, I've told you what you need to know. Mm. Which she takes as being the skeletons in the closet. Mm. And then she literally goes and finds something... In a closet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Do you know what? I didn't even get that literal thing. Yeah. Skeletons in a closet is pretty much, yeah. Yeah, then there's a white hood in the closet. I mean, the, but the thing he says most is, I'm the one who strung up your chief of police. Do you believe him? Yeah, I Because we, like, it took you some convincing, but last week is what I predicted. Yeah, we got there in the end, didn't we? Yeah. Um, yeah, I do, I do think it was him. and But I think... He, He's playing the long game because he says there's a big conspiracy at play. Mm -hmm. There's definitely a big conspiracy at play. Well, I think we kind of sussed that last week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if there was no conspiracy, Angela wouldn't really have much to do <laughs> from here on out, I guess. Uh, yeah. But, but she's going to be tested, isn't she? Yeah. This kind of puts all the... 
all the pieces into action, you know. It's mm. like there is something really seedy going on. Tulsa's a weird place. <laughs> Tulsa is a, not a place you want to go to on holiday. No. It's some weird racial ground where like all this horrible shit's happened, but there seems to be like the Rorschach's base there or staying there. Yeah. It's like their holy ground or some yeah. crap. It's quite horrible. Mm. Really horrible. I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. Well, hopefully <laughs> our girl will put it to an end. Well, Angela. Just, Angela, just, yeah. Just one seventh cavalry member at a time, you know. Just kicking ass. She is like hesitant to believe that there's conspiracy going on. She also just doesn't know what the hell Will's deal is. She doesn't believe him when he, he says he strung the chief of police up. Um, it's kind of fair enough. Fair enough. He talks about Dr. Manhattan a lot. He does. Now, Dr. Manhattan gets name-checked a few times here. Yeah, we're building up to the, the big Dr. Manhattan the big reveal. The DM reveal, yeah. Which, Who's playing him? Which, for all those lost fans out there, we uh, there was an amazing Rolling Stone piece, wasn't there? And um, Damon said there would be no Desmond Hume without Dr. Manhattan, which I just love. Yeah. You know, I, the, the, the guy, yeah, just... My favourite thing about this so far has been on the Watchmen Reddit, someone went... I hope Justin Theroux is playing <laughs> Dr. Manhattan. And like ideal casting choice, either him or Henry Cusick, who played Desmond. Are they saying it's because they just want to see them stark bollock naked? I mean, they both got naked in each show they were in. Yeah. Haven't they? I could do some more. There's a good cock in this one as well, isn't there? There is a, there is a dick in this, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, thinking about it, they both were naked after going through some weird time stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, of course Dr. Manhattan's been a big influence on these characters, thinking about it. It's insane. But anyway, he's, Will says, and I quote, I have friends in high places. Now, last week, I mean, Dr. Manhattan is said to be on Mars, and last week there was a blink and you miss it little news uh, broadcast footage where you see Dr. Manhattan kind of making sand structures on Mars. Yep. And then at the end of this episode, something from up high does come and kind of take Will away. What's going on? I mean, I have no idea. No one has any idea. It's a spaceship. It comes out of nowhere. I mean, yeah, Dr. Manhattan gets name-checked a few times, and a lot of people will say, oh, he's on Mars. Oh, he's on Mars. He's thought to be on Mars, yeah. He's presumed on Mars, but now he's coming down in a spaceship, or is he? But so the, the ship that takes the car... So at the end, Will's in the car, and this is after Angela, which we'll go on to. She goes and does a little digging on Will and finds out a crucial bit, bit of information. It's like a squid-generated machine. There's something squiddy on top of that machine. <laughs> we know from last week that there's squid rain showers, and we know from this episode, in um, scenes that we're going to talk about, there are lots of news headlines that confirmed that there was a global squidfall, which has baffled scientists. <laughs> so four cities around the world had this squidfall. Calamari coming from the skies. <laughs> I mean, I'd just be like this. <laughs> <laughs> just for anyone, I was just opening my mouth and looking at the sky. He was opening his mouth and looking at the sky. That was great podcast material, though. Yeah, you looking it? up like that. <laughs> did it again. He's doing it again. <laughs> I love it. But like we, we all for like um, Adrian Vate, who is... Ozymandias, who is essentially Jeremy Irons here, we we know that in the comics he is to blame for the Squidfall. Yes, because of he killed three million people thirty years before by sending a giant alien creature to Earth. But could Doctor Manhattan be behind something here? What's he doing? I I don't know. He's I'm, buddies with Will, man. Unless Ozzy's trying to bring wild peace again somehow. 
I don't know. I mean, I mean, the the obvious person would be to go. Oh, it's it's Doctor Manhattan doing something crazy. Mm. Maybe he's rounded up his blue friends, and now he's, <laughs> you know, coming down to earth and playing around. Or maybe he's just been watching from the outside and just decide to send every send down a, a few things every now and again. Yeah. But why Tulsa? Because Tulsa's been the home of all this weird shit. Yeah, but I'm sure there's other places on Earth that also has this weird shit. It can't just be Tulsa. This is just one small story that we're seeing. Yeah, it's one small story. No, I. It's a good question. I mean, I don't. What What do you think? Um, I think Dr. Manhattan is definitely involved because of Will's line that he has friends in high places. Like Will is, I think, going to be the crucial cog into understanding this show. Well, both the flashbacks so far have focused on Will. Yes. You know, beginning of both episodes. It yeah. wouldn't be a leap to think the beginning of next episode will somehow tie into Will. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's talk about the big reveal about Will. Big reveal. There's a few big reveals in this episode, but this is relating to Angela and, and Will. What I love is that she, when the froze of sadness about Judd dying, she still thinks, okay, I'm going to make him a coffee and he's going to drink from it and I'm going to take it somewhere and I'm going to get find out his DNA. Uh, which is like Angela, man. She's just always, always thinking, <laughs> always thinking. So she does that. She takes her world's greatest mum mug to, uh, it's a cultural heritage place. And she goes up to the little machines and then you get a, a cameo from a real life academic called Henry Louis Skip Gates Jr. Uh, that's, you know, the guy who's talking to her. Yeah. Like, yeah. So he's, he's like, he's like cameo. So he's a real person. He's a real person. He said yes to cameo and like Ryan Murphy. Yeah. You told me about 20 minutes before we did this podcast. Yeah, Ryan Murphy, the creator of American Horror Story, was supposed to appear in... The creator of everything. <laughs> creator of a lot of things. He did the did he do the politician on Netflix? Yeah. yeah. He did Scream Queens. He does American Crimes. Ugh, he does he, lots. He's got a $500 million deal with Netflix. I'm on it. I mean, he's a big man. So, yeah, he was going to appear as the creator of... American hero story. So he's going to appear as himself in like an alternate universe. And what they were going to do is put it as post credit scenes. They were going to have all the like behind the scenes stuff from that show, like behind the, so fake behind the scenes stuff of a fake show, uh, as like <laughs> post credit stuff. Yeah. Because obviously like when the comics came out, you had all the extra diaries and things in the back of them. So Damon was going to like recreate that, but I think it just got cut in the end. I mean, maybe it would have been a step too far, but it would have been bloody fun. Yeah, it would have been fun. Yeah. I mean, when they released the Blu-ray. It'll all be on it'll there. It'll all be on there. Yeah, it'll all be on there. <laughs> well, anyway, Henry Louis Skip Gates Jr. was like, yeah, I'm all for it. And he teaches at Harvard, this guy. He's like big dog, you know. Um, <laughs> big dog. Big dog. So later on, she gets a call and she finds out that uh, Will is her grandpapa. They're related. Let's talk about that very quickly. So last week when we see Will, he's sent away with the note. And a baby. And he finds a baby. Now, who the hell is that baby? Regina's mummy. No, Gina's grandmummy. No, but it can't be because it's. Oh, do you reckon he grew up and then they they fell in love? Because they're not that different in age, really. Like when you think about it, seven years or eight years. Yeah. Because he's about eight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure, like you say, we'll see. But it's just interesting. Yeah, I, I, there will be something. The baby's gonna have something to do with Regina. Yeah, so Regina actually spoke about this reveal. So she basically said that uh, she she basically said something that I kind of hoped is that it's going to link 
up in a big way and it's going to make the show all about legacy. Oh, exciting. Which legacy. excited me as you'll be able to hear on Thursday when you can hear the uh, episode two uh, breakdown with Regina. Damon Lindelof's shows are just ultimately all about family. Yeah. Damon, man, he just can't resist. He loves the F word. He loves the F word. Loves it. So just to finish off on the center. Yes. When they're going in, yes. they have everyone shouting at them. At her. Oh, yeah, what is that? About the Red Fedations. Red Fedations. Confirmed. We're bloody idiots. Confirmed. Red Fedations. The Red kid wasn't an idiot. <laughs> the kid. The he kid. was racist, but he wasn't an idiot. He was he, he, he was an idiot. He, he got it right. It is Red Fedations. Say it again. Red Fedations. Red Fedations. So red we were fed. thinking it was Red Space Fedations. Because uh, uh, we were thinking along the lines of... Reparations. So it's actually... As in Robert Redford Haitians. Right? Yeah. Clever. Well, that's what we presume it is. It's what we presume. Robert Redford Haitians. Very good. Do you reckon that's why they cast Robert Redford? <laughs> no, but I think they probably called it Redford Haitians because they, <laughs> they thought Robert Redford was a, pre- was a president. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not for long. Someone's uh, veeing for his position, we see. Keen. Keen. Presumably related to the Keen Act. Yeah, so for those who don't know, Keen Act was uh, passed by a United States Senator named John David Keen, who I'm assuming is this guy's dad, maybe? Presumably. Because this guy's young. He's played by James Walk. He was in Mad Men. Uh, And it was a national law passed in 1977, uh, so 40 years before uh, the showtime, uh, by the United States Congress. And it outlawed costumed adventuring. (laughs) Adventuring. Adventuring. Uh, so, yeah, like, it made, you know, how vigilantism, master vigilantism is illegal now in this world because of the Keen Act. And now he's running for... And now his seemingly son or grandson is running for president, as we see on a headline. And we meet him later on. Yeah, I didn't really catch that we met him later on, but yeah. Very briefly, but he, he shows up and you're like, this guy's kind of slimy and he's going to come back into play. Plus, he was in Mad Men. <laughs> so... <laughs> They're not going to cast on who's quite a big character, Mad Men, and not have him return. <laughs> and his name's Keen. I just deducted it all. I deducted yeah, that, it all. You are the Regina King of this podcast. I am the Angel. Oh, Angel. <laughs> that is a awful thing to say. I'm sorry. So yes, she goes in this scene. She she drives to the Crawford estate uh, to pay her respects to Mrs. Crawford, who's very sad that her husband got strung up and killed. By who? We still don't know. Um, but there she meets Kane. But then what happens? She she does something very crafty. She pretends to, to black out. I thought she had. Yeah, I thought she had too. I was just like, oh, she's so upset. She pulled the wool over her eyes. Oh, no, she ain't. Jesus. She is sneaking upstairs. Yeah. Put onto a bed. And then she gets out of back goggles and has mm. a look around the room. Really good scene when she kind of like opens her eye again. You're like, oh, man. <laughs> she's <laughs> so funny. I love Angela Ava. She's so good. <laughs> So yeah, what she do? She looks around the room, doesn't she? Yeah, and I tell you what. So she finds the skeleton in the closet. So at first, I presumed because we were talking last week about night owl a lot. Yes, I presumed it was going to be the night owl. Ah, dark. you thought he was going to be revealed to be because he had under the hood and all that on his on yeah, his exactly. desk. Yeah. So I thought he was because we were even talking about him potentially being like night owl three. Mm-hmm. So the first two night hours being Hollis Mason, Dan Dryberg, and then Judd Crawford. You and thought. then potentially drug Judd Crawford. No. No, no, no. Well. He what, he did have a costume in there, he but did it was have a, a costume, rather different but costume. But not that one. 
So he had a KKK costume in there and a hood. And Angela, God bless her, her just heart sinks. You can see it. This is a guy who we see in flashback. You know, they're bound together, they're binded together by a really fucking horrible incident, which you are correct in your prediction. We see this week. We do see it this week. Well done you. Gold star for you. I, I've got a, a few little things about this, right? Mate, but I got that the fact that Judd Crawford's bad and that Will Reeves probably hung up. Judd. Yeah, but I got there as well, so. Nah, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we're probably dick swinging now, aren't we? No, I got it right. No, I, no, got, I got it. it. Yeah, I got it right. <laughs> Talk about why Angela and Judd were tied together by White Knight. What happened there? By White Knight. The night 40 police officers were killed? Yeah. It's the reason why police are now masked. Yeah, was this big incident. Also in Tulsa. Yes. So, the Rorschachs targeted black police officers. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, it was just, it was all police officers, wasn't it? All police officers, yeah. yeah. Um, Including Judd and and Angela. Mm -hmm. And then both of them survived. Yeah, so they kind of crept in on Christmas Eve night and shot just police officers in their sleep. Horrific. Yeah, how exactly... uh, Angela survived. Kind of a mystery. Yeah, so Angela is having a little uh, sexy time with her um, bloke, played by Yaya Abdul-Mateen. Another lot of of chemistry. A lot of chemistry going on there. Another great scene. You're just like, oof. Really good. And Regina, as you would have heard in, in last week's interview, was very, very, very embarrassed at the premiere because she forgot to tell her son that she was going to have a crazy sex scene. Well, that would have been fun to watch. Actually, she was like, she was at the back, and she was like, "Shit, (laughs) I've got to tell Ian." (laughs) And then, then afterwards, uh, Ian's Ian revealed that uh, his mum's agent had been like, "This is the part where you're probably not going to watch. You're not going to (laughs) want to watch." Funny. Um, So uh, then, it's a really eerie scene. She just says, "Someone's in the house." Oh God, that's like my biggest nightmare. Yeah, it goes from steamy to. To, to to screamy. It's also, am I right in thinking it's like nine minutes to midnight, which is a time we see later on in the episode. Is it? Is that how many minutes to midnight we are on the doomsday clock? It's how many minutes to dun, dun, our, dun. On, on the pocket watch that Ozymandias has at the end. Ah. I believe. I could be wrong, but I think that's right. Uh, yeah, then she, they come in and she jumps into action and she kills a member of the 7th Cavalry, but then she gets shot. Then she gets shot, and then the guy stands over her, points the gun in her face, and then doesn't shoot. See, my immediate thought was, that's Judd. <gasps> really? Which would kind of make sense. My thought was, yeah, yeah, Abdul-Mateen II just comes in and absolutely whacks him around the head with Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> with whatever's in that big present. Whatever's in the big present. <laughs> just broken. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Worth it. I hate it when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I presumed it was him because then this is all. This is the long game he's playing. I, it's so it's horrible. This is the Tulsa conspiracy, all manipulated by Judd Crawford and potentially Keane Junior. Yeah, I mean Keane Junior as well. Like when he speaks to Regina, that's uh, Regina because we're like such good friends now. <laughs> um, Angela, he says to Angela, oh, he mentions about her being a cop, and she's like, oh no, I'm not a cop anymore, and he's like. It's like, mate, you can't be saying that in public. 
Like yeah. even if you think like that's a really dangerous thing to be saying, especially when you we see what happened in White Knight. Yeah, that was such a dick move. It's a real dick move. It made me not like him instantly. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what I mean. He's in on this. He's, He's gotta in. Be. That's a good theory that that was Judd standing over her about to kill her. Yeah. But then how would he have? How I don't he, know. How would he have what? He kind of gets injured, doesn't he? He gets injured, and because he 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 claims that his house is attacked as well, but he gets his people because he's awake. So he fortunately is able to overcome the people who barge in. But Angela suffers a big loss in the form of her partner. Um, partner in crime. Her partner in crime, who we... Uh, is this Topher? Well, we see, yeah, and I, and I assume she... I mean, Topher is a kid, right? And then... Oh, Topher's the kid. Yeah, yeah so so she, inher- she inherits, I guess you could say, inherits. Three uh, children. Yeah, the children of whom I believe are the children of her partner. Yeah. But Judd, he likes speaking to her in the hospital bed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like, sure. Yeah. There's something wrong about it. Dude, yeah, obviously. He's, he's playing playing up a lot. I mean, the question would be why leave Angela alive? Because, you know, I and I guess the answer would probably be that she's she's hot-headed. And he knows that she will cause the most damage and incite the most rage in other seventh cavalry members. I yeah. think I think he's playing the long game. He's he's inciting all this. This is my theory. So he's inciting all of it. Yeah. And then he's leaving tactical little pieces like leaving Angela alive and stuff. So then It looks good on him. It looks good on him. Doesn't give anything too suspicious, but also because she is this, you know, they make multiple references in this episode about, you know, the uh, shiny fella. Oh, looking glass. Looking glass and red. Make multiple references about her hating them and wanting to punch them and kill them all the time. Yeah. You know, that's the, she is the perfect person to be like their worst enemy, Mm -hmm. which will incite the seventh cavalry more and therefore get the, the violence all, bubbling and going yeah. sooner and sooner yeah I guess that's something but like Seventh Cavalry haven't claimed the, the murder of, of Judd which makes me think you're probably right I don't think Seventh Cavalry did it no but we're meant to kind of assume they did yeah that's what Looking Glass does he assumes but yeah. it's not it's, it's, it's Will well yeah I mean I knew that last week, mate. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, do you think Mrs. Crawford knows about the KKK outfit in his uh, closet? No. No? I think she's innocent to it. I'm not sure. Are you not? No. I don't. I think she has to be, otherwise she wouldn't have put Regina up there. Yeah, maybe. Regina thinks that maybe Will planted it there. She says that to him. Did you put it there? But as you, uh, you know, the episode, our episode with Regina King talking about episode two touches on this. I don't want to, I don't want to give it away, but just tune in on Thursday and you'll see what she has to say about it. So many teasers. I kind of put it to her. Andrew, at this point in time, what does she think? Does she think it was put there or does she know that, you know, or think that he is bad? And she gave a very interesting answer. I think she must kind of know. Yeah. She's got that sense about it, doesn't she? Where she doesn't, she it, doesn't want to. Believe she doesn't it. want to believe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially because, like, she's like you know, they were linked in a in tragedy. Yeah, exactly. And you don't want to think that was all a lie. That all that, you know, it, it has that scene where they touch. She touches his hand. Mm. He touches hers, and they then it kind of flashes to the uh, to another scene. But 
And, you, you know, they obviously shared a moment, a big moment, mm. and something that's obviously meant a lot to her and helped her get through it. Yeah. And then to have that ripped away from you, and actually it's all a lie, and actually you're a piece of this big conspiracy puzzle. When he's dead. When he's dead, that's pretty horrible. It is horrible. I mean, this is... If Will killed Judd... Yeah. Then that will be the first piece, I guess, of Judd's plan that maybe he's gone wrong. Yeah. We'll get, maybe. Maybe. We don't that's know. It's a good theory. It's funny you say what you said. Regina compared it, exactly what you just said, to people finding out that their family members voted Republican. Very Trump. <laughs> quite a striking comment and that is a striking one i'm inclined to agree with uh she said as well like in your country i guess brexit it's it's you know it's all you know potato potato yeah the first hint that well we kind of thought last week me and you did think we spoke about it kind of when podcast was done actually about angela's children yes you know they're not black no. Who who who's um are they adopted? Who and it turns out that, that they are, as we said before, but the first instance that we kind of it's hinted at in this episode is looking glass. Yeah. He says your kids to her and she's like, Yeah, shut the fuck up. Your kids question mark. Yeah. <laughs> your kids. But then there's an interesting scene late on when she comes home to her family and there's a man st- sat outside on her porch and he wants to come in and see one of the kids, right? Yeah, he seems he wants something to do with the kids. He wants his day with them, doesn't he? And I initially thought like, oh, that must be, is that the dad then? Or is that somehow related to well, the kids? how about her partner? Cop partner was a woman. And oh, that yeah. was the woman's husband. I thought they both died. So did I. Maybe it's a grandpa? I don't know. Or an uncle or something? Or an un- yeah. I mean, she pays him off easily. Well, I mean, he mentions red foredations and then she's like, for God's sake, <laughs> stop mentioning this bloody word and then yeah. pays him off. Yeah. And he's, he seems like he's been sat out there for a while because um, I am only going to call him Yaya. Um, he uh, says he's been out there for a while. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, he don't is he look, still out there? You don't look like a liar. <laughs> I'm going to take his word for it. Wearing a sheet, isn't he? Wearing a, a ghosty a sheet. A ghosty sheet, yeah. Oh, it's a bit similar. Oh, yeah, it is. So this is when she goes to see Topher, who is the long-haired kid from uh, the classroom scene last week. And she, we learn more about Andrew in this scene. She says, she reveals that Judd's dead, was killed. And then she says, you know, me and you know what it's like, suggesting that not only has Topher's parents been killed, but her own. Potentially. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Legacy. Because that would be something to do with Will Reeves then, wouldn't it? Yeah. It's all clever. Yeah. I I, I was weirded out in the scene because, like, the thing Topher's playing with, it's, like, floating. Is it floating? I, it looks like it or is. Or is it on a table? I, no, I thought it looks this... like it's... It kind of, I thought it was floating. But yeah. I presume that was just because they're, like, magnets, isn't it? Aye. It's, like, flicking a load of magnets around. That's interesting. And then... Yeah, wax it. Wax it all over the floor. And just, just like, it's going to be a bitch to clean up. <laughs> Go watch TV. Yeah, he's like, can I watch it? And then, thank God we watch it, because we get to a very good scene of American hero story. What's interesting here is how much there are so many warnings for the show. Yeah. Don't let your kids watch this at any cost. Mm. And, like, there's so much racism here and blah, blah, blah. I mean, that in itself is quite interesting because I didn't think the Minutemen in the comic books was linked too much with racism. Well, no, I mean, but but the Watchmen in real life are. 
aren't they? So like the, the Watchmen all die far do horrific things at times. There's a lot of racism, a lot of homophobia, child yeah. killing, rape, awful stuff. So this seems to be a very Ryan Murphy style <laughs> version of the Minutemen where it's kind of, all that stuff has kind of been unearthed yeah. over the past three decades. And this is like a really gritty version of that story. Yeah. It's also potentially not a true version. No. Because, so we get introduced to someone who's yeah. dead, don't we? Yeah, it starts. So, <laughs> oh god, when the TV, when the camera creeps into the TV, I've got chills. Can I just say, you predicted that as last week as well. Very good, very good. Uh, another gold star for you. Thanks. But I did get chills. I was like, oh god, I, mean, I like this show a lot. <laughs> the emotionally harmful episode starts with what we're led to believe initially is Ralph Muller. Um, who is a circus strongman, but then the narration tells us, so that's not who it is, but he needs people to believe that's who he is. So firstly, Muller, we had that name at the beginning of the episode. I'm going to assume it's... it's Somehow related. Somehow related. Uh, Characters don't have the same names unless they're related. Absolutely. That's the law of television. So she must be related to, to uh, Ralph Muller in some way, the German girl at the beginning. Yeah. Ralph Muller, horrible man in in the com in the comics. He is a child killer. He's awful, and he's someone that that Hollis Mason, who was Night Owl, believed could be hooded justice because they had the same uh, muscular build. It was just a person they thought could be hooded justice. Yeah, and there were a couple of things that hinted at. So he travelled in a circus, and mm. then when he went missing, hooded justice kind of came about and stuff. But he was a terrible, terrible person. Terrible man, not one you want to invite home for dinner. But yeah, the show within a show hints that, or it wants you to think like, oh, maybe they're the same person. Mm. I mean, last time we spoke about maybe the show within a show is based on Night Owl's book, Under the Hood. Under the Hood. Which, if he's written about that before, yes. then potentially being the same people, then it probably is Yes, based on that. So there you go. Yeah, I guess, actually. Yeah. Even oh. though it's since big apparent... Ugh. Do we go into the stuff that's been retconned? Go on then. Hollis Mason, apparently, in the prequel, it's revealed that he made it up. He told these lies to throw people off descent. But like, I don't know. Yeah, but that's... So that comes from the prequel comics. Yeah. Yeah, so that's hinted at in the, in the prequel books before Watchmen. Yeah. It's unclear whether those are part of this series or if they're just extra now. Yeah, it's hard to know. But what do we see in this TV scene? So we see Hooded Justice going at it. Busting a, some crap. Very violent. <laughs> yeah, really violent. Just TV smashing warning. someone's head in. Yeah. No wonder kids aren't allowed to watch it. I know, and everyone's like flapping their gums about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And then there's this. This is vi as violent as that. <laughs> What's alternate reality Ryan Murphy doing? My mum is not going to enjoy that episode. She watched episode one and texted me and said, I'm beyond confused. <laughs> and I said, listen to Watching Watchmen, Lost Boys podcast with Jack and Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> she said no but I don't think she's going to like this bit no no I don't think she'll like this bit either because it's pretty grim not for the squeamish not for the squeamish but he he, yeah I, I kind of googled some of the quotes he says which is quite funny but I, nothing came up but it's quite funny things Hooded Justice says in this scene like what just like you know why that's why I wear a fucking mask and all that. Like, I can't remember the first bit but it was funny 
I am electricity. He says something about electricity. Something electricity. It was it was a good scene. I liked it a lot. How does it feed into the rest of the episode, Jacob? Well, the one thing I want to point out is that just before we go into the TV scene, we see other people watching as well. Not so much watching the TV, but there's TV on in the background. And it's some members of the 7th Cavalry and they're all shack masks working hard at something. It's like a bomb suit. Bomb suit. Worth probably remembering. Probably. Imagine that will come back into play. <laughs> probably going to come back into play. And also, just interesting, they're still wearing their Rorschach masks even when they're undercover. Yeah, even when they're undercover. It's like I they mean, almost it's... don't know who each other are. So does um, uh, Looking Glass. Looking Glass. Just thinking about the bomb suit. Now you said that's coming back into play. I'm trying to think of where it will happen. Probably ah. go bombing that the the centre that uh, Angie went to earlier to, to find out if she got red fedations or oh, not. Oh, do you reckon? I could see that. Yeah. It'd be a big, big spot to to target. Send a statement to the... Uh, maybe it's just going to... Maybe it's going to come back into play later, later on. Mm. I think it, it's interesting that Hooded Justice is the first hero we see. I mean, in well, in the show anyway. Yeah. In the show within a show. He was the, um, the original Watchman though, wasn't he? Yeah, but he's also the only one who we don't know the identity of. Mm-hmm. And obviously this show plays with the idea of identity a lot mm-hmm. i mean the quote that everyone keeps saying is like who a- who am i who are you yeah like it gets mentioned multiple multiple times and then there's the whole mask thing it's quite interesting there's a lot of identity politics going around like who are you mm. should you you know even angie won't accept who she is being related to will mm-hmm. when that's revealed she kind of tries to ignore it and then she's like, wait, I want to find out more. But then he's dragged away by a squid. Yeah. <laughs> Hurts when that happens. Spaceship squid. Space squid. I want to talk a bit about the technology uh, that we see here. Because there's a scene with the looking glass manager in the car when there's like press trying to get involved. And there's like wasp things. Yes. Which is quite funny. <laughs> yeah. They have those where they obviously don't have streaming cameras and stuff. But they do have good voice technology, which understands what you're saying. When she's talking to that screen with the cameo from That's Blokey true. Bloke. That's true. The tech in the show is all over the place. Put money into that building. You're right. Don't blow yeah. it up. It'll, bloody, it'll be a nightmare. Uh, the other the other bit is she uses those infrared like X-ray night goggles, which are very similar to the ones Night Owl has in, in the comics. And I want to do a little, um, a little retcon of our own, actually. Last week, we mentioned the Owl ship, which in the comics is known as Archie, Archimedes. And we see Judds and uh, I think it's someone called Pirate Jenny with him piloting it. We wondered whether that was our ship. I've since seen an interview with Damon Lindelof. Um, I think it's with IGN. That is not our ship. Basically, what has happened is um, police have taken on the technology created by Watchmen and they've just used it for themselves. Okay. So Watchmen, these Watchmen or, or these heroes created it, but then they're now using it for themselves. So that our ship is just is a replica. Okay. Um, so I'm assuming these goggles are the same. Yeah. Yeah. So Judd and Judd is becoming less and less likely to be Owl. I don't think he is. Night Owl. Yeah. And in fact, I think Damon said Dan Dryberg, who he who's the second Night Owl, who a lot of people were theorising I saw after we did our podcast, could have been Judd. He's not going to be in this series. Oh, wow. Yeah. So real retcon there. We were newbies to it, so forgive us. When she leaves the house. Yes. She sees something on the wall. It's a painting. 
Oh, the when she's leaving Judd's, Judd's Joe Crawford's house, house. After seeing a Ku Klux Klan outfit. Yeah, he sees um, Native Americans and people on horses fighting. Do you know what it's called? I have no idea. Martial Feats of Comanche Horseship. That's the name of the episode. That's the name of the episode. Amazing. And it's by George Catlin, who sketched the scene in 1834 when he accompanied the United States Dragoons to Indian Territory. It all, it, see, it actually depicts it depicts fighting, but it also depicts someone hiding on the side of a horse, almost like escaping undetected, uh, which is quite interesting. Yeah, I'd love to know how, like, because I was reading about how the idea for Watchmen kind of clicked into place when Damon Lindelof read a massive article about the Tulsa uh, massacre, and he thought, "Oh, do you know what? Boom, that's Th- it. This is what we could do the show on." I wonder if, like, he kind of sees these paint- this painting and he thinks of how it could link into the episode or whether he, like, has a team of people who find it. I, I mean, this is something I'd love to ask him. But anyway, you were right when you said one thing. Ozymandias is shown on a horse in this episode. And it does zoom in to the picture. And then we see Ozymandias. Well, you know, still not confirmed with the Ozymandias, but pretty sure it's Ozymandias. But it is. <laughs> What's he doing in this episode? Very interesting scene. We get a bit more here as well. We do. There's there's another cake. There's another <laughs> there's another anniversary. Presumably the same one. He's a jolly good fellow. He's sung again. But they have to speed up this time. <laughs> and then they put on a plate. We should say the last episode we said that another retcon. Another retcon. Another lost, lost boys retcon. We said that Ozzy's dad was a watchmaker. It's not Ozzy. It's, nah. it's Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, John Osterman's dad was a watchmaker. Yeah. yeah. So he's very particular time. So the watchmaker's son is Dr. Manhattan. Which we're kind of told, fork fed this information <laughs> yeah. in this episode. He's shown it very, very literally when Dr. Manhattan comes down from the roof, when you get that good old cock. <laughs> and <laughs> Blue dick. Blue dick. Blue willy. But we also see that there are multiple Crookshanks and multiple Phillipses. Yeah. So let's break this scene down. Ozymandias uh, is uh, wants to watch the watchmaker's uh, son play that he the five act play that he wrote. It's obviously been performed to him before because he says real tears or something. Get your lines right. Get your lines <laughs> right. Yeah. He's he's like prepping up Crookshanks and Phillips. Is it Phillips? I think it's Phillips. Um, and then he gets them to form a reenactment of, word for word, a scene from Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons's graphic novel between uh, John Osterman and Janie, uh, which takes place in the Gila Flats, which is the, in the background. You see that, and this is literally a location. It's a flashback in the. Do you remember this? Yeah, 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 yeah obvi- obviously. Um, so it's a particle physics test facility owned by the government, and it's located in the desert of Arizona. So John Osterman, John Osterman, who goes on to become Dr. Manhattan, uh, was assigned there after graduating. But something goes wrong, doesn't it, Jack? Yeah. He leaves something in the intrinsic field, enters, and then turns into a blue atomic god. Yeah. Now, <laughs> he's watching on Ozymandias, um, and then the guy goes into the intrinsic field thing, and you think it's just a stage prop. Oh, no. But no, it's real and the guy is fried and you're like, oh shit, he's killed him. But then another version of the guy comes along and you're like, okay, this is like prestige style shit here. Yeah, and then uh, the violin player takes off her <laughs> mask and then it's another Crookshanks and then suddenly 
Turns out there are loads of them everywhere. Loads of them. And what's interesting is after the place finished, got one of the blokes who says his name is something different. And then Ozzy just goes, do you want to be the new Mr. Phillips? And he goes, it would be an honour. Like Knowing he's probably going to die when he performs that play yeah, <laughs> the next gonna night. Yeah, he's going to die. Yeah. Which is insane. And he's at last thing and he opens the intrinsic field, which has Jack Shepard on the front of it, the number 15. Number watch. And if you don't know what number watch is, we suggest you go listen to the Lost Boys podcast with Jack and Jacob, which you can find on iTunes, SoundCloud, <laughs> Spotify, and all good streaming places. The hard sell. And he prizes the watch, the pocket watch, uh, from the dead Phillips's hand. And I swear it's like nine to tw- nine to twelve on it, which is the same time White Knight occurred. And it's still working. And it's still bloody working. It's all very good. This is probably the most obvious rip from the comic yet, because it's a scene from the comic. Yeah. There's also a lot of foreshadowing. Yeah. Isn't there? Because he keeps about... saying, "Tell me, you know, Jack, put the body downstairs in the basement. Like it will come in handy later." Oh God, yeah, he does say that. What's what's he planning? Who the fuck knows? What is going on here? (laughs) There's a theory that he himself is a clone, right? So Adrian Vate is declared dead, but there might be another Adrian Vate because he's a clone. There's also a theory that he's in a simulation. I like this. That he's... Westworld. Yeah, that he's in this weird thing, world created by uh, Dr. Manhattan, Mm. and that these are all... Dr. Manhattan's creations, hence why they're all idiots and they just do what he says because they're mm. not fully formed. Which would also explain the scene from last week where we saw the horseshoe and <laughs> instead of the knife. Yeah. It's like, I can't use this. So so, so it's like an experiment gone wrong. Yeah, or it's or he's just keeping him inside the simulation to just like fuck with him maybe or something. I don't yeah. know. It's interesting. The one thing, I mean, I think we're level on the predictions now after this one. I guess last week that I reckon it's going to be like a one scene thing. Every episode. Yeah. 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 And then it was again. So I, feel, again. I think maybe that's where we're going here. We're going to have nine Ozymandias scenes. <laughs> and uh, the real joke is at the end if, they, if it's not Ozymandias. <laughs> yeah. But we'll see. We've kind of covered a lot here. Um yeah, I think I think there there's one scene, there's one pretty key scene that we haven't touched on. Oh yes. Um, wait, which one are you thinking? The New Frontiersman. We haven't mentioned the New Frontiersman. I wasn't thinking that one. But oh, well, there's let's, two. Let's, do, let's go into that one. So it's a very brief scene where you see a guy at a newsstand speaking to a newspaper delivery guy, and there's someone reading a paper. Now this again is from the comics. Every so often. Um, in the comics quite a lot it cuts to exactly this this newspaper guy kind of talking about the headlines the impending apocalypse and you see this young guy there reading along with a magazine which it keeps cutting to in the comics it's really good and kind of what happens in that foreshadows what happens in Watchmen the graphic novels so we see this scene come to life and there's a lot of headlines around you see the squid stuff that I mentioned earlier and the keen act uh, and it's quite nice to know that that's existing in this show yeah it's like obviously not the same characters from the comics, but it's like generations on and or a generation on and it's like the same yeah. magazines being sold, newspapers being sold and the guys are having the same conversation about, you know, what's, what's happening. happening. I mean, the big thing they talk about is Keane running for president. Presidency. And Redford. Yeah. Being 
You know, they're like, oh, Redford says he's going to help. No, he's not. That kind of thing. Which brings us quite nicely onto the scene I was going to talk about. There's a big Nixon. Yeah, there is. Outside of the camp, the trailer park. Where the presumed seven cavalry members are residing. Where presumed seven cavalry members are residing. So, and then you have this really brutal scene with the police going in and charging in, which is exactly what probably Judd wants dead Judd would have wanted to incite violence because this is only going to have bad recourse. Judd is playing the police. Yeah, there's no way this is going to be good. Like, he's got the police all riled up. They're suddenly going in and dragging out everyone from this place. Even Angela's like, this is unnecessary. This is too much. she says, yeah. She wouldn't be saying that if she hadn't met Will earlier because she literally does that in the episode before. She goes in and she grabs a guy out of there and beats him the fuck up. She does. The only reason she's not is because she knows she knows that they that she knows in her heart of hearts that that, that didn't happen. And yeah. those those people didn't do it and it was Will. Willie Reeves. It's interesting that Nixon was obviously someone they admire. I know. And it cuz last week I did see that and I thought who is that? Um from afar but seeing the fuck Redford all over the place it it was it, we should have known it was Nixon. Yeah, I mean, Redford's obviously in the bad books because of Redfordations. Redfordations. That's why they hate, they just hate him. They are disgusting racists. Yep, they hate Redford. Redford sounds like a great president. I like the idea of Redford as a a, a president. As I say to Regina, (laughs) it would be nice if uh, Redford was actually president. (laughs) What did she say to that? (laughs) I I said, isn't it crazy we live in a world where Trump is, is president and... Just yesterday, he compared impeachment inquiries to being lynched. Redford seems like a good bet. (laughs) And she gave me a very good answer, uh, which wasn't very deserving of my ridiculous question. That's funny. I think we can say that on this podcast, because at last we tried to keep it politics free, don't we, Jack? Yeah, it's hard to in a show that's literally all about politics. And and, and, and Damon, it's a response to the shit that's gone on in the past. You know, the Charlottesville, uh, Ku Klux Klan riots all the stuff that's going on in America at the minute. Mm. It's a response to that. Yeah. So is there any other scenes you want to go into? I think we've, we've, we've done, uh, we've delved into all I want to do, but um, should we talk about, should we talk theories quickly? Yeah. I've just got some stray observations because I wrote down my notes progressively get weirder and weirder as I was watching it. I think because I got more and more into the episode where I was like, Oh (laughs) God, this is so good. The ramblings of a madman. Yeah, all I've got is Judd, KKK. That one's quite self-explanatory. Yeah, it is. I mean, the most interesting thing was kind of at the end when you've got the Angela grand, you know, she's the, the granddaughter and then you've got him saying, what did you want to know? She goes, why you're here? And he says, you know, he wants to tell her everything gradually, that kind of thing. But she, then suddenly she just switches and just just bollocks. Get him in the car. <laughs> You're under arrest. Which is really... I hate that this happened in Lost as well. Oh, when okay. someone would always go, yeah, what 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 do you want to know? And then it would be like, we'll find out next week because they're not going to answer the question. And I was just like, dude, answer the bloody question. Dude, it, they know what they're doing. <laughs> it makes for a better TV show. I know. It gives us little teasers. Exactly. And then my, my big note is aliens in all caps. And then WTF, which is also how Angela 
yeah. ends the episode where <laughs> she just goes like, what the what fuck? The fuck? Yeah. Um, so we both had exactly the same response. Which... I honestly think that Lost and Lef- Leftovers should have had more what the fucks at the end of the episode. There's <laughs> <laughs> more people. Absolutely. Watchmen <laughs> went there. Finally. Yeah, yeah, Finally. Yeah, yeah I, I have nothing more to say on this episode other than I thoroughly enjoy it and I can't wait for next week's. I can't wait for next week's. Do you, what, what's your prediction for next week? Uh, my prediction for next week is that we are going to... I'm, I say we're going to find out more about Looking Glass. That would be interesting. We, we do get little bits of him through this. Yeah. Because... You know, even in the the watching the TV scene, we see him and he's kind of been peppered as this. He could be a really big character. Yeah. Who's obviously integrally linked to Judd and Angela, but we haven't really met him yet. No. And I think he's a force for good. Definitely. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so as well. I think we're going to learn more about him. Cool. How about you? I'm not sure. I feel like there's more detective work for Angela to do. And I feel like we could get, we could just go straight into that again. It feels like the, this show's been very straight in, into things, like the second episode playing right off the first one. Like, I think we'll go from, we'll have another flashback at the beginning with Will to some, some time, and then we'll get back into detective work. But saying that... This being Damon, man, I think the fact that you've just said that, he's predicted that you're probably going to say that, <laughs> and I now think next week is going to be on a completely different character. <laughs> Leftovers and Lost style. I, and, yeah. dare I say, Watchmen graphic novel style. Yeah. I'd like I'd like a bit more. I'd like... You know how you said like every week we get a bit of Aussie? Mm. Maybe every week we get a bit of the, the Minutemen show. That'd be good. That would be fun. I'd be definitely up for that. I love that scene. Um, where can people find us and all that malarkey? So you can obviously, if you're listening to this, then subscribe to us on that service yeah. first. Do it. And then give us a rating and a review. Five star rating. Preferably. Nothing less. <laughs> Maybe a four. Uh, no, five. Five. And uh, you can find follow along, like on Twitter, we're quite active at Watchmen Boys. Yes. And at lost boys pod yeah that'd be great if you can follow along with that as well where can we find you i'm on jacob underscore stoll i'm jack j shepherd and this has been watching watchmen